Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Managed print services to keep your printing costs down? Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 134 in Edmonton. It's Brendan Escott filling in for Bob Stoffer today. Bob is at a team function, which a lot of you are guessing is golf. I won't say for sure. You can ask him tomorrow on the text line at 630-630. And by the way, if you want right now, because everybody's so keen to to point out the lack of scoring depth on the wings, okay, if there is a quick fix to this, And something that's realistic, because a lot of the stuff that we see come across the text line is like, okay, but a billion dominoes need to fall into place for what you've just proposed to take effect. So if you have something realistic, and a lot of people also like to talk about Brendan Gallagher. Brendan Gallagher is a $5.5 million cap hit. What are the Oilers going to move out in order to accommodate that? I'm not sure. But if you have an idea, fire it across the text line. We'll get to that uh, after we go Oil Kings here for a bit. And I am going to tell you that some guests on this show receive gift cards to Japanese Village. Steak and seafood cooked right at your table. Japanese Village, Edmonton South, Downtown, Northside, and Sherwood Park. All right. So Brad Lauer is uh, standing by here. The Edmonton Oil Kings are uh, first place in the Central Division right now. They have played the most games in the WHL, so a a tough schedule that they've been negotiating. I understand they are going to get some of their major players back from injury as well. And, of course, Trey Fix-Wolanski, who, in my humble opinion, probably would have helped Canada to maybe a little bit longer of a stay at the World Junior uh, Tournament down in Vancouver. Doesn't matter. That's academic right now. But in the nine games that he would have missed, he has uh, propelled himself up to 70 points now, leapfrogging Brett Leeson. He is... uh, second in WHL scoring is Trey Fix-Wolanski behind uh, Joakim Blitchfield from Portland, and he only trails him by two points. So, without further ado, we are going to bring aboard uh, Brad Lauer, who has been the coach of a team that's been very streaky, Brad, and uh, I'm wondering just what it's like riding the waves through that. Well, I mean, I think it's just part of, uh, you know, it's not something that we we came out to design, but I think it's part of our learning process with this group of, of guys um, players we have, I think, um, you know, after, you know, the last couple of years, um, not being able to win consistently, um, I think we're trying to find that way now of understanding what we need to do to, to win consistently. And I think we're starting to do that. I think we're understanding, um, different ways of winning hockey games and, and understand that we have to play teams differently in order to be successful. And, and I think that's what you're starting to see now from this group. You have 40 games played, and that's uh, a few more anyway than a lot of the teams in the league. Have you, yeah. as a coach, had to manage the ice time or at least manage that in, in some respect? 
We do. We, we, you know, we've, we've, we've watched what we're doing, uh, obviously, um, uh, with days off and, 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 and time on ice with certain guys. I mean, we've, we've definitely managed our practices. Some practices are shorter than others. And, uh, some, you know, sometimes we do, um, instead of maybe practicing like yesterday, we didn't do any, we didn't practice, but, uh, we're, we have the ability to put the, uh, send the guys to yoga. So we've done a lot of different things. Um, just to give them a little bit of a break from from being at the rink, but still being able to to do different types of workouts with our guys to keep them just to keep them focused and keep them uh, sharp for when they do get on the ice. So this might seem like a silly question, but just this is your first tenure behind the bench with this team. You've had now forty yeah. games, which is over half the season, to sort of get a feel for how things are going. Do you find that you, mm-hmm. as a coach, are still sort of learning as you go along here? Although you're seeing a lot of success with it. Well, I think I think that's something. I think you got to learn every day, and it doesn't matter how long you've been in what job or what position you're doing. Um, I think there's something you can learn and and teach every day, whether it's uh, me as an individual or or working with with our players as, as individuals or as a group. So, um, you know, it, we we don't look too far ahead. I mean, uh, it's been a good year for our group so far. I think, uh, you know, I think at the beginning of the year. Uh, expectations maybe weren't quite as high, but I thought coming to the training camp, uh, you know, uh, the staff, we really liked what we had um, as players. I think guys put the time in last summer to, to be ready to, to play this to play this season. And, and um, you know, I think our guys have uh, elevated their, their game as individuals, but also um, playing, the, playing the team type of game that we, we, we like our guys to do. Joined by uh, Brad Lauer, head coach of the Edmonton Oil Kings, first in the Central Division we mentioned, and uh, goaltender Dylan Miskew, I don't think he gets talked about enough, at least in my own yeah, opinion. Yeah. You know, 16, yeah. 7, and 2 on the season. He's got some pretty decent numbers. Uh, he was brought in yeah. as an injury replacement, and he's kind of run with things, hasn't he? He sure has. I mean, you're right. We brought him in. I mean, we had Todd Scott we uh, at the beginning of the year, and unfortunately um, he, he ended up getting a high ankle sprain with his ankle, so he's He's missed. He just got activated here just before Christmas and uh, getting back to things. But we picked up Dylan out of Brandon at the start of the year, and and uh, you know with him and Blois, so they've kind of rotated through the first ten games. But then uh, Dylan kind of uh, has taken the next step, and uh, you know he's he's really played well for us uh, in big games and in important games. He's he's making the save at the at the right time to keep the momentum on our side and. Uh, that's what you need from your starting goaltender is timely saves and 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 uh, you know in big games and not only that in in some games and we're not as sharp he's been the guy that actually has uh, kept us in games and given given us an opportunity to win uh, every night. I'll ask you this with a trade deadline around the corner, and I know this is probably more of a question for yeah. Kurt. Uh, but yeah. are are you guys sort of looking to add? Or are you comfortable with where you're at? There was sort of a slew of trades yesterday in the league, and and you guys yeah. weren't really involved with any of them. So what's uh, what's on the docket there, if anything? Well, I think I think this like you say like you see everywhere at, at every level when when the deadline comes, there's there's teams that are willing to make moves. There's teams that are either buyers or sellers and and uh you know i think at this time we're, we're looking at our group i don't think we're sellers by anything by any means um you know we have a good core we like the core guys we have um does that mean we're going to make a move at the deadline uh it's hard to say i mean if, if we can upgrade um you know we'll have to take a serious look at it but we have a really good nucleus of guys here really comfortable what we have but i guess you're always uh looking to improve your team if you can Joined by 
Oil Kings head coach Brad Lauer. It's Brendan Escott filling in for Bob Stoffer here on Oilers Now. Uh, first in the Central Division, can't stress that enough. However, uh, you know, Lethbridge in three of the next five games, Medicine Hat and yeah. Victoria, it's not an easy stretch right now. Uh, how are you approaching this in terms of, of using these games to maybe as a measuring stick, but also to help solidify playoff position? Yeah, no, you're, you're right. I mean, um, Right out of Christmas, right out, right out of break, we've actually, all our games have been, a lot of them have been against, will be against divisional games right through the end of January, except with exceptions to uh, obviously Vancouver and then Victoria coming up. But the uh, majority of the games now in January are going to be against our division. So, um, you know, it's something our guys know. It's something that we we, we kind of have reminders of, of in our room as far as who our next opponents are. But, um, our, our guys know that. Um, the big thing is just to not look too far down the road. Down the road, that's our that's our biggest thing with with our group is um, we understand the importance of January, but um, right now our next our next our biggest opponent right now is going to be Friday uh, against Victoria, and then obviously we do when we do have play Lethbridge and the Medicine Hats down the road. Um, they're going to be important games, and and uh, you know we'll just approach them a game at a time like we have all year. Let's shift gears momentarily here, Brad, and just I'll ask you, yeah. team, team Canada gets bounced out of the yeah. World Junior Tournament yesterday. At least in my opinion, I look at uh, the lack of offensive output and I say, you know, Trey Fix-Wolanski probably would yeah. have been a nice contributor on that team. However, having him in your roster while guys like Leeson, guys like Josh Brook from around the league yeah. aren't with their teams, you must have seen that as an opportunity that you had to take advantage of, yeah? For sure. I mean, obviously, uh, when Trey didn't get get selected, I was, you know, obviously disappointed for him as an individual because I thought he put a lot of time, a lot of work into his game. And you know, I do think he's one of the best guys in the W in our, in our league, um, offensively. Um, you know, he, he he brings it every night. He's he kind of drives our drives our drives our team. And but selfishly, I was extremely happy that he didn't make the team because you're right. I got I got to have him for. For uh, for nine nine games that the other teams didn't, and um, you know it is an advantage uh, for us when we do play some of those teams that don't have their guys. But um, you know that's that's our junior program. That's how it is. Um, it's unfortunate that Team Canada did lose, but um, you know it's those. There's so many good players in Canada. It's it's tough just to pick one team without disappointing the other players that don't get picked. Do you, as a junior coach, look at things like that through a little bit of a different lens? Like, you must, being around kids that age all the time and the passion and that kind of thing from them, you must just see things a little bit differently than the average bear watching that. Yeah, I think so. I mean, you watch, I mean, I think every every coach watches the game a little bit different than the average fan. I mean, I'm probably more looking at the technical side of the game than just kind of watching Watching the uh, the game play, I'm kind of seeing how things develop and how they how they get to that how they get to the the end point as far as whether they're scoring or giving up goals. I, you know, so I kind of uh, I kind of look at hockey and watch hockey differently. It doesn't matter what level, whether I'm watching NHL at night or or just watching our games uh, on TV too, or or even Team Canada. It's a little bit of different different look for me. Chatting with Edmonton Oil Kings head coach Brad Lauer. Last one for you here, Brad. Just curious if there's any lineup uh, news or notes as you head. Uh, well, you're going to be at home, but taking on a pretty tough Victoria Royal squad tomorrow yeah. night. Um, you know, we, we've 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 <laughs> lost. We've been banged up a little bit here since coming out of the break with Benjafield out and Kemp out and, and uh, Jake Neighbors out. And uh, but I think we may be able to get some guys back. We might. Uh, Will Warm is really close to returning, and uh, Brett Camp is really close to coming back. So. Potentially could see them in the lineup uh, next game or, or or the game after that. So, um, 
the health side is, is coming for our group, which is nice to see. Some key contributors there looking to make a return. Brad, as always, appreciate the time. Uh, Take care and good luck. All right, thank you. Head coach of the Edmonton Oil Kings and uh, a pretty pretty weekly contributor there, Brad Lauer. Uh, I do need to correct something that I said. So uh, quite a few people caught this on uh, at uh, 6.30, 6.30 on our text line. Gallagher's cap, it is not five and a half. You're right. It is 3.75. So what I was looking at was uh, what he gets with a couple of bonuses and that kind of thing as well. So that does put him in play. And of course, being an Edmonton boy, listen, I want to see him in this lineup. I think he'd be a tremendous asset. I think that it's a guy that I wish would have been acquired uh, a couple seasons ago, perhaps. But to suggest that they're going to trade their fourth overall pick for somebody six years older for a quick fix right now. I don't necessarily know that that's the best idea. And I can tell you from an asset management standpoint, that's probably not what the team is looking at doing. Quite a few people uh, still pitching these suggestions. A lot of a lot of people asking about Mark Stone. He is one of the names available right now. That would be a splash. That would be a very, very splashy move, and that's something that we haven't seen trade-wise in, uh, in quite some time. Shirelli's moves have all been in terms of free agent signings, right? The big ones, and then the rest of it has been filler, uh, smaller, smaller trades. And I actually put out on Twitter last week a poll with you guys as to whether you would rather see that splashy move for uh, somebody who's available right now, like perhaps a Tarasenko or a Sagan or what have you. And resoundingly, everybody wants to see that splashy trade. So will it that amount to anything? Uh, remains to be seen. The deadline is February 25th at 1 o'clock uh, our time. So lot to be decided between now and then. And like I said off the top of the show, I really believe that how they fare in the next five games here is going to dictate how they act around the trade deadline. I'm going to tell you about Royal Pizza. It's uh, it's pizza and pasta and so much more. Edmonton owned and operated for 49 years. For menu and locations, you can visit royalpizza.ca or download the Royal Pizza app from the App Store. It is Brendan Escott filling in for Bob Stoff. We're going to take our final time out here. 147 in Edmonton. We'll be back to wrap up the show. This is Oilers Now. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. It's Brendan Escott in for Bob Stoffer, the Thursday edition of Oilers Now. And uh, I pose the question to you on the text line is, and be realistic about this, but who do you think that the Oilers could reach to for, uh, for depth on the wing? Who's available right now for depth? Not trading the entire farm to acquire a big name, but trying to round out that scoring. Uh, text comes in at uh, 6.30, 6.30. Talking about, uh, I'll, I'll just paraphrase this one, but uh, okay, here it is. Get rid of Dreisaitl for somebody who can actually drive the second line and make wingers more productive. That comes in out of Edmonton. With the heater, as Bob likes to say, with the heater that Dreisaitl and McDavid have been on, are you really eager to get rid of Leon Dreisaitl? He's top 10 in league scoring. Even if he is riding the production of Connor McDavid, we haven't seen a lot of other guys been able to ride the production of Connor McDavid on the wing. So I'm not convinced that if you were to just start plugging whomever next to Connor McDavid, Connor's stats wouldn't look like they do. I'll tell you that right now. Dreisaitl finishes those plays, and he also sets Connor up for some of, of his own. So 
the fact that everybody is so frustrated that Leon can't drive his own line, I get the the price tag argument, but that's a pretty good duo to have. And I'm not just saying this to be up on a soapbox or to uh, to rain positivity, but the reality of the situation is the Oilers have two top 10 league scorers on their team playing together. So what? The production is there. And Ken Hitchcock said off, uh, off the top of the show in the direct work where Audio Vault, they can win with that kind of production out of one line as long as the rest of the lines aren't hemorrhaging goals. So there you go. Some text coming in asking uh, on the Heartland Ford text line whether we could get uh, Eberly for Spooner. Well, I don't think the price tags match there, so it couldn't just be straight across. But I'm not opposed to seeing Eberly back in Edmonton. We've seen that before in other sports and other leagues. Guys do come back every now and again after a hiatus with the team, so we'll see. I'd have to double check on what the rest of the term is on Eberly's contract. Perhaps you can, uh, or you can uh, fire that to me on the text line. Travis Zajac, this comes out of Grand Prairie, and this uh, this fellow's been texting the show quite a bit. Out of Grand Prairie, Travis Zajac, an option. Brian Rust, Tyler Toffoli are possible gets for uh, not likely a ton. Good point. Tyler Toffoli makes a lot of sense to me, and I thought that this may have been done earlier in the season with the way that LA's season's been gone. But again, it, the LA is in a very similar boat. If there's no depth scoring, pretty tough to look at trading away what, uh, what you do already have. I don't want to write off the rest of this season, but I am very, very excited about what the Oilers have coming down the pipe. Bob sells this a lot, and I understand that. But in the next year or two, a lot of people watching what uh, Dmitry Semerukov is doing uh, at the World Juniors right now for Russia. He's their captain. Uh, he looks like he could be a real factor on the back end. Obviously, we know what Ethan Bear's calling card is. Caleb Jones has surprised uh, myself, certainly. I thought he would be good. I didn't think that he would be this good right away. And it's not as if he's blown the roof off anything, but Ken Hitchcock is a fickle guy, and he's been entrusting Jones with 20-plus minutes of ice time, and Jones hasn't looked out of place, I don't think. can weigh in at uh, 6.30, 6.30 as well. Dwayne in Red Earth wants uh, Burke for GM. We'll leave that there. Kasperi Kapanen is the right wing we need on McDavid's wing. That comes in uh, from Rockford and Edmonton. Uh, yeah, if they could find a draft gem like that. Kapanen, uh, Kapanen actually was originally drafted by Pittsburgh, if I'm not mistaken, and then traded to the Toronto Maple Leafs. But it's that kind of production, right? Like there's a lot of, you need to be able to draft guys and not just in the first three draft spots that are going to be able to round out the rest of the roster. And the Oilers are full of either uh, reclamation projects from other teams or very top end talent. And, the help is on the way. Ryan McLeod, I would uh, I would contest to you right now, is probably going to be a factor in training camp next year. Oilers' Chris in Grand Prairie just uh, told me on the text line that Leon actually has more points than Sidney Crosby right now. 
So there you go. Again, I, they're not going to kind of, they're not trading that kind of production. So I, I really wish that you would just take it for what it is. It's exciting to have Leon on this team. He's, he's a big part of the dressing room. He's obviously a tremendous part of the offense and, and uh, despite the price tag, got to keep him around. All right, let's go to uh, this day in Oilers history brought to you by new West travel Edmonton's premier travel company for 38 years. You can book your winter group vacation package with New West Travel and receive free parking at Value Park at the Edmonton International Airport. Go online at newwesttravel.com for all your vacation dreams. On this day in 2009, Dwayne Rollison makes 38 saves to help the Ducks beat the Stars 4-1 at Rexall Place. The Oilers got goals from Eric Cole, Andrew Cogliano, Dustin Penner, and Sheldon Surrey, who had a goal and an assist in that game. Uh, Chris Barch from the Stars actually fought both Jason Strudwick and Zach Stortini in that game. There was another uh, member of the Stars whose name is escaping me right now. He had 46 seconds of ice time and a fight. So the league is definitely steered away from uh, from that kind of direction. Another text in out of Grand Prairie. Uh, no room for all the D-men on this team. And Jones seems way better than Nurse already. And in parentheses, smarter. And Bear is definitely better than Benning. Both Nurse and Benning should be able to get a couple of great wingers. It's going to be a good problem to have in the offseason with the amount of defensive depth that they have. Because then maybe they can start looking at trading uh, some of that, uh, some of the defensive depth that they do have. And who knows, by this time next year, the uh, the internal prospects that they have might be contributing. By this time next month, we might see a guy like Yamamoto making an impact in the lineup. Just got to wait and see, folks, and the next five games are going to be crucial for this Oilers team. That does it for me today uh, on Oilers Now. Bob will be back tomorrow. He was enjoying a team function today. Tonight on 630 Jet. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. That goes from 6 to 8 p.m. It's a fluid show. I have not received the text to let you know exactly what's going to be on it. Tomorrow, Elliot Friedman for the River Cree Resort Casino. Al May at 105. NBC uh, Sportsnet Washington Capitals analyst is Al May. Uh, potentially a farm update with Jay Woodcroft and uh, Mark Spector who appears every Tuesday, Stoffer Inspector for Horse Racing Alberta and the 7,000 men and women employed in the horse racing industry. Might try and get him aboard to re, uh, recap and wrap up the World Juniors. I'm Brendan Escott. Thanks for hanging out. Up next, a news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell, followed by the 6.30 Chad Afternoon News with uh, just Andrew Gross today. So long, everybody. At a home over several days by a 26-year-old man. They knew each other. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.